Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where every other week or so, we get an Americano, tell the bartender it's not strong enough, and make it again. That's right. We are, of course, talking about the Negroni. Mm, a cocktail that was created in Italy, no less. Yes, that is correct, in Italy, and we'll dig deep into that after these messages from ourselves. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Can't drink it yet. Can't drink it we yet. Need to, we need to talk about it first. It, it does look good as, as well. So good. But I suppose let, let's start by explaining what it is. Yes. Because what is the, this? So the Negroni, which is what we're talking about today, is an International Bartenders Association official cocktail made using 30 mils of gin, 30 mils of sweet red vermouth, and 30 mils of Campari stirred into a glass over ice and garnished with a slice of orange. Though outside of Italy, the orange slice is often replaced with orange peel. Mm. There it is, guys. That's the episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the Negroni. And I guess before we get into the history of it, we want to talk about the drink. Mm. Because we're, we're holding the drink, we're looking at the drink, we're smelling the drink. And the ice in it is melting and therefore changing the flavor. Yes, so, correct. All right, so let's... Uh, so have a have a taste first. Cheers. Cheers. So oh, wow. Smell so wise, good. you can. I mean, the gin is ever present. Mm. So a li- little bit of uh, citrus there from the London Dry Gin. We're using Bombay Sapphire today. And, but you get that strong sort of strawberry berry smell from the uh, Rosso. Yes, and of course the the Campari has uh, an interesting flavor and color that it brings to it all by itself. Mm. Yeah. But this this is going to be a fairly mm-hmm. strong drink. Yeah, because the Campari is a bitters. If you don't have Campari, you can use Angostura or something. Mm. Though you'd have to uh, tweak the recipe. You a would definitely have to tweak the ratio if you were using a different kind of bitters. Yeah. Obviously, you wouldn't put 30 mils of Angostura bitters. Oh, God, no. (laughs) You would destroy your taste buds if you include 30 mils of Angostura bitters. Yeah, that's a very expensive way to drink, uh, quote-unquote, Negronis. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, so, the the Campari being 25%, the the Rosso Vermouth... At 14.4%. Yep. Plus the the gin at forty percent makes for a fairly strong cocktail. Mm, it does indeed. I would I would hazard to say it's around about thirty percent. Yeah, I mean it, it's pure alcohol. So yeah, and in I think one could theorize that in those quantities, it's probably approximately one and a half, maybe two standards. I was going to go more, probably two to two and a half. With with those proportions, because uh, I suppose thirty thirty mil twenty five percent fourteen drinks per bottle versus the the gin, which is twenty two per bottle. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it depends on which country you're in as well. 
Yeah, true. Very uh, true. Anyway, let's taste before yes. the ice melts too much. Mm. That is interesting. It really is. It's almost nutty. And quite bitter. Yeah. I, I, I am definitely getting... It's almost like I've eaten peanuts or something. Peanuts? Really? I'm getting a nutty flavor. Maybe not peanuts, but some sort of a nutty flavor. Not not the over, not the overall flavor, but sort of a subtle hint of it in the undertones. I suppose maybe more like hazelnuts than. Mm. So that must be from the uh, Campari because Campari being bitters, uh, along the lines of amaro, which was oh, made yes. with green walnuts. Yes, and that does remind me that uh, this drink is traditionally consumed as an aperitif. Mm. Oh yeah. A couple of sips of that and my stomach's growling at me. Yeah. That, that heat is growing. Consume food. Yes, it's ready for you to get something in your mouth, that's mm. for sure. Huh. So I don't really taste the vermouth too much in this one. No, which but, is interesting. But the gin is the gin and the uh, Campari are quite bold. Yes. Yes, very true. And I guess you could have used... A different gin would naturally, since that's one of the stronger flavored ingredients, mm. would change it. And there is a, a variant on this called the Old Negroni, made with Old Tom Gin. Yeah. Old Grony. Mm, that's it, yes. Uh, you've also got the, the White Negroni, which is gin, Lillet Blanc, and uh, Suze, or Suze. You've also got the... Well, what what the cocktail is based off, which is the Americano, uh, which is Campari, uh, one ounce of sweet red vermouth, and a splash of soda. So, it's yeah, just, there's yeah. As with a lot of older cocktails, there's a lot of variation. Mm. So I, I guess while we mentioned that it's an older cocktail, let's talk history. Yeah, because it has an interesting one. As with many old cocktails, there is question. As to where it came from, yeah. many legends abound because uh, there is one story that says that a general Pascal Olivier de Negroni, who was also known as Count de Negroni, was the Count de Negroni who invented the Negroni drink and um, did so in uh, Senegal in 1857, uh, according to his descendants in his family line. But a coarse matin Sunday edition article from 1980 says that he invented it in 1914. Mm. But apparently, the most widely reported version of the drink's origin is that it was invented at a cafe in Cassoni in Florence, Italy in 1919 by a Count de Negroni who wasn't a count at all. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's questionable whether he was or not, but his grandfather was definitely a count. Yes, you can count on that. <laughs> and uh, so the legend goes that Count Camillo Negroni asked his friend, bartender Fosco Scaselli, to strengthen his favorite cocktail, the Americano, by replacing the soda water with gin. And uh, Scarcelli then added an orange garnish rather than the lemon 
that is normally used to garnish an Americano. And the drink became so amazingly popular that later that same year, the Negroni family took advantage of that success by founding the Negroni Distillery in Treviso, Italy, where they produced a ready-made version of the drink under the name Antico Negroni. I would have loved to taste that version. Like, compare it to how everyone makes it today. Well, apparently, that distillery still exists, but it's run by a different family. It's probably run by Campari Group or something. Yeah, or Diageo. <laughs> you know, one of those Italian-named alcohol conglomerates. Yeah. So, one of the earliest reports of the drink came from Orson Welles. Yes, yeah, so the, the very well-known actor and director Orson Welles, known for War of the World, Citizen Kane, yeah, bunch, and Al. A bunch of those. Mm. Uh, that was in 1947, after World War Two, which is, you know, uh, that's a long time. You'd... Yeah, long after the drink came into existence. But so, for... so, how, so what blows my mind, like, that's one of the earliest reports of the cocktail. Yeah, and I mean, naturally, it's one of those Italian drinks that didn't really leave Italy for a long mm. time. They loved That'd it there. It, they drank it there. Yeah. You know, it was an aperitif. You, you know, have it before a big bowl of pasta or something. Mm. That's probably why things like limoncello and... Uh, what's that apple brandy called again? Calvados. Oh. Cal- Cal- Calvados, yeah. Yeah. That's probably why those things aren't so popular outside of their home countries. Yeah, because they just never really became part of the culture Mm. beyond where they were already ingrained in the culture. Yeah. Uh, So, back to Orson Welles. I guess 1919 as well. That's like just after World War I. Yeah, where there would have been a lot of bored people. Yeah. Mm. So that really took a long time between coming into existence and being discovered outside of Italy. Mm. But at that time, he was actually in Italy. Yeah, he he was on he was in Rome working on Cal working on a film ca- called the uh, called Cal called Cagliostro in nineteen forty seven. Uh, he described the drink call. He described the drink called the Negroni as the bitters are excellent for your liver. The gin is bad for you. They balance each other out. <laughs> yeah, which which sounds very much like a thing you'd expect a nineteen forties actor to say. Yeah, because yeah, that, back in that day they were all about smoking and drinking and yeah, these were all things that were supposed to be good for you at the time. Mm, exactly, and. Mm. I guess that sort of endorsement coming from an actor as big as he was at that time would have made people in the US certainly... They would have taken note. Go, yeah, what is this drink? Mm. How do I guess one? Yeah. How do I make it? Where's my local bartender? Bartender, make me a Negroni. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Well, get good, son. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that that bitters is really hitting me on the the back of my mm. throat, back of my tongue. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's. I think as it's wa- getting watered down, I'm enjoying it less. 
Mm, I, I agree. The The water is changing. It's not dulling all the flavors. It's only dulling some of them, and it's dulling the wrong ones. Yeah, it's dulling the nice ones. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. It's still still quite pleasant, but I think um, I think we might need to drink it faster, or uh, maybe use bigger bigger ice cubes. Yes, because we did break the ice before we began. Well, it said use cracked ice. Yes. Oh, maybe it's not mixed properly. I didn't stir this. Oh, that's true. See, this is what I get for letting you make the cocktail. <laughs> You forgot the stir step. I did. I really did. That's a... Uh, sorry about that. I mean, it's still a very nice drink. Oh, yeah. I'm probably gonna, we're probably going to taste the gin and the uh, vermouth now. Yeah, it smells different. It tastes different. Oh, that's way better. Yes. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you know what that means? You have to make another one. <laughs> Clearly. So, take note... Those of you listening at home, if you choose to make a drink for yourself that says that you need to stir it... Stir the damn thing. Yeah, don't, don't just say silly things to it. <laughs> don't stir it up. Put, put something in it and stir it physically. Yeah. Yes. You, you don't want to just stir it up emotionally. Then you'll just have a sad drink. Or an angry drink. Or an angry drink, yes. Mm. Or a bemused drink, perhaps. <laughs> but none of those make for a delicious drink. None of those make for a good cocktail. Mm. That's right. Uh, so, I suppose we should break down the ingredients a little bit. Mm, well, and I guess the the flavor profile. Have we described the appearance, the smell, the colors, the textures? We, we did a little bit, but let's go into it in a little more depth. So, it uh, it really takes on the color of the, the, the Rosso Vermouth. And obviously adding... More red with the Campari and then watering it down slightly with the uh, gin, it's going to be still pretty red. Yeah, it's reminiscent in colour almost of one of those uh, post-mix alcohol, sorry, one of those pre-mix alcoholic blood orange drinks. The ones that taste really damn good. Mm, Colour-wise, I'm talking about. Colour-wise, it's a similar similar sort of colour to what you might get from a blood orange drink. Yeah, I would describe it as a a like a warm red. Yes, like a, yeah, a I mean, red with that slight orange. Yeah, it's, it's not like a blood red or anything. It's not. No. It's not deep. It's not like looking. Not like staring into the heart of a Shiraz or something. That <laughs> <laughs> a Shiraz that's going to bite your face off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ah, uh, and plus you throw in that orange peel on top, and it's quite a a quite a ready orange drink. Yeah, I mean, that, that orange really... I mean, obviously, had we put a slice of orange in it, that hint of orange juice... So, a slice of orange as opposed to As a, opposed to the peel. The peel, yeah. Because the peel, you're going to get a more zesty flavor. But the slice of orange that they traditionally use in Italy, you would also get some of the juice mingling into it, and that would adjust the flavor. We'll have to try that next time. We've, uh, I've uh, run out of orange. And I feel weird about putting a slice of orange in without the peel. Mm. Yeah, because that in itself would... So I guess you'd get the zest, but you also get some of the juice. Mm. And that is a very different flavor. To to just one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
so okay so we've got the peel covered <laughs> yeah so we've covered the difference that that makes um and the color yeah so campari i think we need to talk about because that's not a common uh drink to find like mm. it, it's a staple in a cocktail bar but that's a cocktail bar not a house yeah and it's remarkable to think how uncommon it is for people to have in their home bar yes campari group is a monolith <laughs> yep campari diageo and what was the other one bacardi yeah they're they're the 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 the, the triad oligarchs I yeah suppose. of of the alcohol world basically yeah. and i i suppose you could say that um suntory is probably up there with them getting there for yeah. sure they're they're the the new kid on the block i suppose yeah in comparison. i mean they've been around for a while but they've only really recently touched their toes into the waters outside of japan mm. in the grand scheme of the alcohol market yeah definitely so campari according to the so i'll read straight from the wikipedia for this uh campari is an italian alcoholic liqueur considered an aperitif it is it is twenty five percent or between twenty or twenty eight percent alcohol by volume depending on the country. It's obtained from an from the infusion of herbs and fruit, including chinotto and cascarilla uh, in alcohol and water. It is a bitter, characterized by its dark red colour. It's definitely bitter because I know for sure Rosso Vermouth is not this bitter and gin is not bitter in the slightest. Yeah, oh no, the um, Cesano Rosso is quite sweet. Mm. I mean, it is a sweet vermouth. Yeah. You know what? I think uh, I think we're going to have to taste uh, each element on its own and... Just so we can uh, better pick the flavors in the cocktail. What do you reckon? Yeah. Now, what's interesting is that, and this is just an aside because we've been talking about Cinzano and Campari. Mm-hmm. And Cinzano has belonged to the Campari group since 1999. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, two uh, two thirds of this cocktail is owned by the Campari group. <laughs> <laughs> and undoubtedly, we could have chosen a gin owned by them as well. I don't believe Bombay Sapphire is Campari Group. No, it's owned by Bacardi. <laughs> yeah, the, there you go. The other, the other of three. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, Campari was invented in 1860 by Gaspar Campari in Novara, Italy. It was originally coloured with carmine dye. Car- caramine? I need to get glasses. I can't, I can't read that from here. <laughs> it's coloured coloured with carmine. Coloured with carmine dye, derived from crushed cochineal insects. And that gave it the its dist- and that gave it its distinctive red colour. They don't use that anymore, so technically this is vegan. They discontinued that in 2006. Well, that seems like it took them quite a while to get around to that. Well, bugs are bugs, I suppose. Well, yeah, I guess so. And there are a lot of them. There is no longer 
No, there's, there's no ingredients on the bottle, let's be of honest. Of course not. There's no need to put ingredients on the bottle, no. but it does say made in Italy from local and imported ingredients. So we know there are ingredients in it. <laughs> and there's about 25% alcohol in this particular bottle. Yes, that is one of the ingredients. Yeah. Just a um, just a bit of trivia for you guys. Campari Group owns about 45% of all global liquor brands by sales. Wow. That's a lot. Holy shit. So, the Italians really know something about alcohol. Really? Are you sure? I had no idea. Yeah, alcohol and cars. Yeah, they, their cars are so nice. So very nice. So, uh, let's taste some of these ingredients by themselves. Like, yes. we know what Bombay Sapphire tastes like. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got a whole episode on gin and we drank Bombay Sapphire in it. Yeah. Did, did we? Yes. I can't remember. <laughs> yes, I, I that remember. Was a, that was a long um, time ago. Yeah. And then I believe we also hit Bombay Sapphire again in a blind gin episode. I'll take your word for it. I think. I'll take your word. I could be wrong on that one, but we definitely had it for the gin the gin episode way back. Okay. So, let's uh well, let's taste the vermouth first because we've got a pretty good idea of what that's supposed to taste like because we've had uh Manhattans and Negronis before. Yes, we've had many many things containing vermouth before. Yeah. Cheers, I Cheers. suppose. Well, that's Unexpected. Mm, it's really mild. Yeah, I, I thought it would be sweet. Mm. It it tastes like um, like there's a bit of citrus there, like a uh, halfway between uh, orange and a raspberry, I suppose. Mm. A mixture of orange and raspberry. Yeah, with, without the uh, zesty th- notes, I suppose. Mm, little hint of bitterness to it. The tiniest hint. Yeah. So that, that's not bad. I can see how I, I can now see how that fits with the gin and the Campari, or how it fits within the Negroni. Yes. Yeah. All right. So this. now <laughs> we're we're pretty sure this is going to be bitter. We're expecting it to be bitey, bitey. Yeah, yeah. like the same sort of level as Amaro level bitter mm. is what we're expecting here, but hopefully not. I'm expecting it to be sweet as well because the vermouth is not especially sweet, but the Negroni is. Mm, but I mean, smell, smell the Campari. Wow, because that that smell does not suggest to me that it's going to be sweet. But neither does the smell from uh, Chartreuse. Oh, that's true. Like it doesn't smell sweet, but it is. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Hmm. I suppose we just have to taste. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. It's definitely bitter. (laughs) (laughs) I see the bitters just hit you. (laughs) Wow. Um, Definitely. It's like I... Jeez. Bloody hell. (laughs) It's like I picked a tree, grab, grabbed a bunch of leaves off it, mixed it with sugar, and ate it. 
So it's sweet, but then it's really bitter and earthy. Yeah. And a little bit leafy, too, Mm. I suppose. Or green, herby. Wow. It's not quite the flavour I was expecting. No, it's not as bitter as the Amaro either. Not even close. And it has other (laughs) flavours. It's got flavours other than... Bitter, yeah. Which is basically that's all the Amaro does. Yeah. It's a hundred percent of just bitterness. Yeah, like the uh, it's someone like, who's like, worked the same job for forty years and hates it. Yeah, yeah. It was so surprising. Take that, a sniff of the gin just the, to see how it fits. The, the flavor of the Campari still surprises me. Yeah. The, there, there's the citrus notes though. Oh yeah. Hmm. With the the smelling of the gin, the Bombay Sapphire London Dry, they uh, the IBA states it's got it has to be a London Dry. It yes. can't be any of the other ones, because then it's not a traditional Negroni. I yeah, suppose. correct. And um, obviously, you know, because you you want those notes from hmm. the oh, a blank on the name of the fucking key ingredient in the Bombay Sapphire, the juniper. Yes, because you, you want those notes from the juniper berries, and that's what very much the juniper is the forward flavor from the gin that really shines through the other ingredients. Mm. What's interesting, though, is one of the more popular versions of a Negroni is, is the Boulevardia, which uses whiskey in place of gin. And they're spelt whiskey with an E-Y, so that's bourbon. Which kind of makes sense. I'm assuming it came from America. Well, E-Y, it has, bourbon has to come from America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean that the drink originated in America, that that variation must have originated in the US if it's using bourbon. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, because it's a creation ascribed... Well, creation... It was, uh, I suppose, created by a guy called Erskine Gwynn, an American-born writer who founded a monthly magazine in Paris called Boulevardia, uh, which appeared in 1927 to 1932. Interesting. Hmm. I suppose that raises the question, do you have any bourbon? I do. I have a bourbon that's very good for mixing, too. Do we want to mix half shots of this? Because it's in equal parts. Mm. So, assuming we use equal parts, it's the same, and then we can see the difference. You want to taste it? I'm curious. All right, let's do it. So, uh, after that quick intermission, we now have a Negroni. Sorry, a Boulevardia. Yes, you, you've caught us engaging our curiosity Mm. We are going the way of the cat, but hopefully it will not kill us. No, hopefully not. Um, I did mix these, but I did remember to stir them this time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, already it smells... Well, it smells like bourbon. It definitely smells different. Mm. It smells more um, woody, I guess. More wo- More wood and herb. Yes, so uh, for those of you playing at home, the bourbon we've mixed in with this is the Mattingly and more Kentucky bourbon whiskey. Mm. 
It's it's a very good but uh, budget whiskey. Very good budget yeah. whiskey. It's a good mixing whiskey, which mm. is probably perfect for this. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, if you were to order one of these at a bar, you'd probably get something like this. Yeah, you'd probably get yeah. something like this or close to it, because the uh, vermouth and Campari are pretty stock standard. You get oh, the yeah. same one. Mostly wherever you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt that anybody has Mattingly and Moore as their house bourbon. You, you're probably more likely to hit... Jack Daniels? Yeah. Or uh, what's the other one? Jim Beam? Yeah, technically, uh, Jack Daniels is a Tennessee whiskey. Jim Beam is a bourbon. True, true. Or uh, maybe the... Um, what's that I'm thinking of? Uh, well, a, a bad bartender would interchange those. Yes, I would be a bad bartender because <laughs> I struggle to remember the difference. Anyway. Yeah, Bullet Bourbon, perhaps. Bullet, yeah. yeah. Bullet Creek. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, we, yes. We should taste this before we keep rambling. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Oh, wow. Ooh. Like, I kind of like it. Yeah. I can see why it took off in the US. Yeah. Because it definitely has a flavor profile that suits the sort of foods that Americans eat. That Americans like to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking like an American barbecue. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if you were you know, having some slow cooked ribs or something. Yeah. Or smoked smoked um smoked steaks. Yeah, absolutely. Even like in, you know, a low, slow, smoke-heated brisket. Really, any of those fantastic barbecue, this would go perfectly. Yeah, definitely. The The bourbon has really uh, helped to make the, the sweeter flavors more pronounced. So you've got the, the raspberry and the... The citrus of the uh, of the vermouth that's really come forward. Yeah, and it uh, it takes a lot of the bite out of the Campari and the vermouth as well. The vermouth didn't have any bite. I didn't think. Okay, it takes. <laughs> it's, re- it's overpowered by the Campari. Rephrase. It takes most of. It takes a lot of the bite out of the Campari as well. Mm. Yeah, I. I would hazard a get. I would, uh, I suppose, risk it to say that the Boulevardia is slightly better than the, the Negroni. Well, I think it depends, and that you know, probably an entire nation would disagree with you. But <laughs> <laughs> half the world would probably disagree with me. Mm. It is still a very popular cocktail. Oh, definitely. Maybe, maybe we just need different gin. Perhaps it might just be that Bombay Sapphire is the wrong one, mm. and we should be. Oh, what's that dreadful gin with the yellow label? With the what? The yellow label. Gordon's. Gordon's. Perhaps we should be using Gordon's gin. Maybe. And it's <laughs> maybe it's got almost no discernible flavour. So probably. No, well, we, it, we have to cut that. We can't talk about Gordon's having no discernible flavour. Well, Go- you could be right though. Gordon's is uh, quite strong in quite noticeable in flavours. Like it would. Mix it mixes well in cocktails, and um, not so much by itself, but definitely I could see it working with 
this one. I could also see uh, more craft gins working well with this with the Negroni as well. Yeah, like because Bombay Sapphire is good by itself. It's good in a gin and tonic, gin and soda water. Mm. But yeah, I I could definitely see. Oh, even the um, the uh, the bathtub gin that we had would yeah. probably go well with this, though it would feel like a waste of the gin to do it. I suppose. I think that, like, I'm I'm starting to become more okay with mixing expensive alcohols into cocktails because the like like they add their own nuance to whatever you're mixing. Yeah, unlike mixing it with coke or something, in which case you're Always. just dulling the flavors. Yeah, yeah, you're stretching out the bad flavors too, mm. which is you know what you do with cheap stuff. But you know, having it say expensive rum and say an expensive rum and cola, that makes for a better rum and coke than. A, a cheaper one, obviously. Well, yes, very, very true. Like a dark and stormy mickle. I'm sure you'd prefer to have a good gin. Sorry, not a good gin. A good whiskey? Rum. Rum. I'm sure you'd prefer to have a good rum with a dark and stormy than a cheap rum. Yes, very true. Hmm. And a good um, a good ginger beer as well. Yeah. Because when it comes to things like ginger beer, the quality well, obviously. makes a difference too. Yeah. 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 So, the Boulevardia, I approve. I'll probably drink it again because I've needed a needed an excuse to finish off this Mattingly and Moore Kentucky bourbon whiskey. And it's been sitting in my cupboard for a while. <laughs> yes. So, I guess, shall, shall we race the, the Negroni and, to a lesser extent, the Boulevardia in bottle caps? What, what do we think of them? Ooh. I'd give the Negroni an eight. Because it's very good. Uh, the flavors are nice. Um, I should, I would probably rate it higher had I made it properly. But I'm guessing that if made up properly, it would be very good. Yes, I, I'm inclined to agree with you on uh, on all of those things. <laughs> Including mixing it poorly. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll... Just because I can, rate it a half a point lower than you. <laughs> say, say 7.5 bottle caps. Sorry, guys. Should have mixed it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Campari is... Or the bitters that are in it. It's really quite noticeable. So I, so that, that lose, that's why it loses a couple of points for me. Um. I guess if I was drinking it with food, having it with food, it would be I would be able to drink it faster or enjoy it more. Mm, with the appropriate pairing, I think with a full-flavored, rich Italian meal. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. something. Um, definitely something bold, something boldly Italian. As opposed to subtly Italian, which a lot of Italian food is. Mm. Well, a lot of Italian food available in Australia anyway. Yeah, definitely. And the Americano, I'd rate about the same. Uh, it's very, very, very good. Not an Americano. 
sorry. <laughs> the and the Boulevardia, I would rate about the same. It's it's very very good. Um, not something I can drink all the time. I suppose as a straight comparison, having had one after the other, it it's a lot smoother. Um, but yeah, still still very good. If you uh, if you prefer bourbon, yeah, and I would probably rate it around the same, uh, about a, a seven and a half. It just depends on what you're pairing it with. Hmm. Remembering that the, this drink is in every variation an aperitif. It's yeah. something intended to be consumed before or potentially during a meal. Hmm. Definitely. So by itself. I mean, obviously, now people are going to cocktail bars and they're ordering these things. They're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe there are there are bar nuts, or they're getting some chips or something. I I, I don't know, but well, it could be cocktail food too. Yeah, finger yeah, very f- true. Finger food. Um, I think for for those kind of things, an old fashioned seems more appropriate because mm. you it it that is not a drink you'd pair pair with food. And it remains very popular, more popular than the Negroni. Yeah, that is so true. So if you liked what you heard, everybody, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We are a good drop all about alcohol on your favorite podcast app, including uh, YouTube music now. i got to remember the different, remember all these different things. So YouTube music, uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, I was about to say Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and many, many more. Oh, so Google Play Music is gone, is it? It's on its way out. It's becoming YouTube music. That it is. Right. And yes, you can also find us on the socials owned by someone named Mark. (laughs) Facebook. Facebook and Instagram. (laughs) Oh, we're a bunch of nerds, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, we are a good drop podcast. Look out for that beer mm. icon. Yes, indeed. They are both basically the same thing now. I mean, that's you can talk between them. But that's, can you? Oh, yes, yes. You can now chat from one to the other, apparently. It's it's becoming a thing. Huh. I've, I've not tried, but I've heard. Me neither. Uh, and uh, naturally, we have a good old-fashioned website. If you want to check out our massive backlog of episodes... Over 140 now. So you, you can find that backlog on agooddrop.com.au. Hmm. And we've got a email address where we love all these emails you keep sending us with emails with uh, episode suggestions, your favorite drinks, uh, weird things we haven't heard of yet. Our email address is agooddrop at gmail.com. And do be sure to tune in next time well, we're getting weird, wonderful, and herbaceous and talking about agua. Yeah. It came onto the scene... Well, came onto this, the Australian scene only a, a few dozen years ago. Oh, a few dozen. Less than a, less than a dozen years ago, I believe. <laughs> Last time I saw it was like eight years ago. Or first time I saw it was about eight years ago. Yeah, so it's kind of... I haven't, I haven't actually tried it before. It's not bad. Not bad. We'll really find out what it's like next time. Yes, so until then. Until then, cheers. Cheers.